0: This morning, brothers and sisters, we open the Word of God in the New Testament. Two passages, we find our scripture passage in John chapter eight, the verses twelve through nineteen, and later we will read the text in Matthew five. But first, we turn to John chapter eight, the verses twelve through nineteen. In response to the reading of God's word, we will be singing together from Psalm 119, the stanzas 40 and 49. 119, stanza 40 and 49. But first, let us listen to the Lord as he speaks to us in his word in John 8, starting at verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am... The light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisee said to him, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself. And the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, therefore, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. So far the reading of God's holy word in this passage. The text for the sermon of this morning, brothers and sisters, we find in the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew chapter 5, the verses 14 through 16. Matthew 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That's our text. In response to the sermon, we will be singing from Psalm 56, the stanzas 4 and 5. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, one of the things we could easily take for granted, brothers and sisters, is the light that's available 24-7. It's remarkable indeed that when the hydro is off due to one cause or another, that we say the light is off. At the times that this happens, we notice it in that the fridge is quiet, the music stops, the microwave doesn't work, and the computer goes dead. Yet when it happens in the evening or at night, it's the light that we miss most, that we need especially. Immediately, the flashlight comes out, and we seek the candles in order to bring the light back into the room. At the same time, we all know that the problem is not with the lamps or our nightshade or our pot lights, but with the hydro, our electricity, the energy supply. That's what our lamps and lights depend on. Hence, when there is no longer the connection with our hydro supply, it will be dark in our life. Well, that's what today's text is about. The connection with Christ as the light of the world and us. To whom he says, you are the light of the world. This morning we listened to the Sermon on the Mount, beloved, the Lord Jesus' address to the crowds there at the Jesus Mount in Galilee. They are his followers in Israel, those who wish to be his disciples and follow him into his kingdom. We hear him proclaim to these disciples his blessings of that kingdom the so-called Beatitudes. We now hear him lay down the constitution of this kingdom. What are they like, those disciples who walk by the gospel of the kingdom? They are the poor in spirit, those who mourn because of their sins, the meek and merciful, and those who are hungry for righteousness, the peacemakers, and those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Nevertheless, in being just so, they are, in one word, the light of the world. In this dark and hostile world, they are living on earth, In the heavenly way of Christ, true Christians who are living through the light and life giving energy of the Spirit of Christ as citizens of His kingdom. So I summarize the message of our text as follows Christ proclaims the identity of His disciples You are the light of the world. We see, first of all, its implication. Secondly, its application. And thirdly, its explanation. So Christ proclaims the identity of his disciples You are the light of the world. We see its implication, its application, its explanation. So, first, the implication of being called the light of the world. It's quite amazing, brothers and sisters, this address by the Lord Jesus of his disciples. You are the light of the world. I hope you realize this. You certainly will when you recall that we also read together from John 8, Jesus' own declaration. I am the light of the world. Well, when the Lord Jesus says so about himself, we might think that's not so surprising. However, when he calls us the light of the world as well, that is amazing indeed. Or perhaps I'm expressing myself too optimistically when I say that when the Lord Jesus calls himself the light of the world, this won't be too surprising. For when he did, he certainly took the Pharisees by surprise. What? They would not hear of it. Right away they went into the offense and challenged him again. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Why did they object to it right away? To this testimony of the Lord Jesus. Well, because of what he said about himself, calling himself the light of the world. No one could even call himself a light. Let be the light. The whole world is immersed in the darkness of sin and evil. And the only one who could rightly call himself the light is God. His word is a light on our path and a lamp for our foot. But people are dark in and of themselves. So just imagine. thats true, of course, beloved, that when God's word speaks about the Lord God, it speaks about the light. He is light, all light from the beginning to the end. From the second verse of the Bible to the very last chapter, God manifested himself in his light. The first thing God did was command, let there be light. And thus God manifested himself right away in all his glory. At the end of the Bible too, in Revelation 21, it says, the city Does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, and the lamb is its lamp. And in chapter 22, we read about the new Jerusalem. They will not need a light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light. We sang it already at the beginning of this service. You who are clothed in majesty and splendor and robed in light, to you my praise I render. God has revealed himself as the God, the blessed one, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see, 1 Timothy 6. Verse 16. Yes, and when God made an exception to that and showed some of his glory to Moses, he could not appear among the people of Israel because of the light on his face, radiating the glory of God. God is light. Now, what does that mean, beloved, that God is light? and that there is no darkness in him, as we read elsewhere in the Bible. What does it mean to say about God? Yes, it denotes his glory, his holiness, his goodness, his justice. And he has revealed these virtues in his goodness and grace in his way of salvation. He has manifested himself as the light in his work of creation and in his work of recreation. He showed people his mercy and grace, his love and his peace. That's the blessing he declares to his people in the high priestly benediction. The Lord makes his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Now, of course, this light is not always a blessing. It can also be a consuming glory, a blinding light. As it showed itself when he appeared to the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. Many a psalmist also characterizes God that way. O Lord, the God who avenges. O God who avenges, shine forth, shine your light. As we sang about it in Psalm 94. When God appears in his majesty and glory, he manifests himself as the light in his goodness and grace, in his justice and holiness. That's how he has revealed himself, and that's how he also shows us the way, the truth, and the life. In your light, we see the light. God is my light, my refuge, my salvation. Psalm 27. Well, beloved, if you realize that this is how the Lord God has revealed himself and manifested himself in his word and deeds, you can imagine that the Pharisees were taken aback by Jesus' statement, I am the light of the world. Implicitly he is saying, I am God." In my person, I am the manifestation of God, of God's goodness and grace, of God's way and work of salvation. In my person, in my work and deeds, in my death and resurrection, you find the light of God's salvation. Everyone who follows me won't walk in darkness any longer, but will be delivered from the dark powers of sin and death and may walk in the joyous light of God's kingdom. I am the light of the world. Indeed, he presents himself as the Emmanuel, the God with us, the God come into the flesh to dwell among us. When the Pharisees were stunned by such a self-testimony, the Lord Jesus also confirmed their conclusion. I stand with the Father who sent me. If you knew me, you would know the Father who sent me. Hence it may be clear to us also that God has manifested himself as the light in Christ Jesus. God himself is the ultimate source of that light. For he established a way of salvation. Yet whatever he has done, he also does in Christ. And thus we find that Christ is the very light of the world. He was also prophesied to be the son of righteousness. Now that may all be good and fine, clear and convincing, brothers and sisters, Yet, as I stated from the outset, we should be amazed now about the fact that the Lord Jesus here declares to his disciples, you are the light of the world. We may be able to understand the astonishment of the Pharisees when the Lord Jesus calls himself the light of the world, Yet how amazing it is that he says the same about his followers, the Christians. You are the light of the world. Yes, Jesus doesn't first exhort or call his disciples to be the light of the world, but simply says that they are. Who? Yes, you. This implies, though, that in them, in you, the grace and goodness of God, the way and work of salvation is manifested as well. What that means? Well, you know God. And when people in the world want to know something about God, they have to come to you. For you can tell them clearly and convincingly what they need to know about him. Yes, when people in the world want to know what God is like, how he is, and how he shows himself, they can look at you, and they know. The world needs you for that. Walking as the people do in darkness, estranged from God, ignorant of him as creator, as the almighty God, the God of love in Jesus Christ. You know him that way, and so the only way people will really know and find out is from you, true Christians. Amazing, right? Right? Just as Christ is the light of the way to God, so true Christians are the way to Christ. Show the way to the kingdom of God. That is to the kingdom of grace and mercy, of his love and salvation. That first, that's the implication. We come to our application. You are the light of the world. Brothers and sisters, that is you. Insofar as you are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ fully illuminated the way to God. He is the true light who gives light to every man whose eyes are open to comprehend it. John 1 verse 5, 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4. This truth then is the light that must shine out from Christians. When you are the world's spiritual light source, you can't hide. I have done nothing in secret, Christ said, John 18, verse 20. Hence, there cannot be such a thing as secret discipleship. That should be clear from our text, as I'm sure you have already seen and now understand. A disciple of Christ is by definition visible as such. So how are we going to apply this, beloved? I'm sure you're awaiting at this point some practical directives, concrete suggestions, how we can practice this, how we can do this, or how we can instruct the whole mission committee to implement this. Isn't that how these words of the Lord Jesus come across? Appealing to us in the words, now also in the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and praise your Father in heaven. We have to go to work. Do good works, right? Well, that's the question at this point indeed. What now is the proper application of being the light of the world? You'll probably know that this text has been used for various outreach programs, evangelism activities. I saw it on the newsletter of Streetlight Ministries a while back on the front cover. Is that what the Lord Jesus is commanding here? Action? Activities? Organized evangelism? No, he doesn't. The Lord Jesus is saying that Christians, as such, are the light of the world already. Of course, beloved, I am not denouncing in this way such programs and projects that our whole mission committee is busy developing it's not so as if I am saying that such projects are wrong. On the contrary, they deserve our prayerful support. Perhaps there will be an element of this reality with Christ, which which Christ the Lord here declares, that true Christians are the light of the world. At this point, however we have to observe that the Lord Jesus is not speaking here about such programs and projects. Rather, he is saying that true Christians as such are the light of the world. That's what it means to be Christ's disciple, to be a Christian in this world. If they are not a light of the world, They're not a Christian. Indeed, what I want to stress at this time is the fact that this declaration of the Lord Jesus should not be understood and applied in the way of activism. Activism is a pursuit to reach a certain goal by busy activity, by much organization and activation, sharing the gospel and making new converts. That's what's called successful outreach and church growth. That's not what the Lord Jesus is promoting here at all. You've got to do something, organize something. For that's our mission, our calling in the world. No, beloved, that's not what he is saying. For then it would appear that being the light of the world would depend on what we do. Depend on our actions and activities, that's activism. Being the light of the world is not a matter of what we do, even though it may enter the picture at some time. But it is what we are. It is what you are. It's not a matter of activity, first of all, but of identity, especially. Let me repeat that sentence. It's not a matter of activity, first of all, but of identity, especially. How do we see our life? How do we see ourselves? Who are we? What are we? How are we? It's a matter of what we are, not what we do. You are the light of the world. Paul speaks of us as shining like stars in this universe as we hold out the word of life. Philippians 2 verse 15 and 16. We are the beacons, the lighthouse in our walk of life. The deeds of light, Paul writes in Ephesians 5 verse 9, consists in all goodness righteousness, and truth. That's the conclusion we have to draw from the comparisons the Lord Jesus holds up. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Of course, a city on a hill catches everyone's attention. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. That would be absurd Hence, it is a matter, of course, that a Christian radiates light. It would be absurd if we didn't. We don't need to be called to do so. It's natural that we do. Hence, when we wish to apply Jesus' word, we should ask ourselves whether we are true Christians indeed. How does that show in your and my life? Remember, beloved, how the Lord Jesus applied this in John 8. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Christians are the light of the world because they have the light of Christ in their hearts. God's goodness and grace, God's mercy and salvation have become rooted and grounded in their hearts through the working of the Holy Spirit. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, says Paul in Galatians 2 verse 20. He lived to the honor of the Father, and so do I. Christ obeyed the will of the Father. And so do I. That's the law of the kingdom in a life of love to God and the neighbor. Hence, we can be recognized as citizens of the kingdom of heaven by our life, by grace, by our confidence in God the Father, and by our thankfulness to God. That's our identity in the first place, as child of God. And as disciple of Christ. And it is this the identity that determines our walk of life. Our lifestyle, our thoughts, words and deeds. Then our application of this word of Christ lies in the question. Am I a true Christian? Do I follow Christ in my life? Is my life a living sacrifice of thanksgiving to God? Is my heart filled with love of Christ in a life for God? And so we come to our third point, the explanation of being called the light of the world. So how then, brothers and sisters, do we show ourselves as being the light of the world. How does it show that you are living by the rule of grace in Christ, under the kingship of Jesus Christ, so that your life becomes as holy as God is holy? Christ came to restore us to God and to show us a life for God. How does that show? Well, my brother and sister... Doesn't that show in everything, in all smaller and bigger things in your life? Doesn't that show in the way you begin your day, a day you receive from God? You start with God, because you know that this day was meant for you to live for God. You want to serve God with the help of God, and so you seek him in prayer. You want to use the day according to the will of God, and so you listen to Him in His words. You are the light of the world, and so you know that you need the energy of the Spirit of God to be a light. And when you realize that you fall short quite often, or fall into temptation, or come to sin again, you seek your God in His grace. And mercy. You must go to God and confess it to Him, the origin, the original source of light, and you repent in humility. And that's how a true Christian distinguishes him or herself by humbleness and humility, by repentance and renewal. That's how the people around you will see the light of Christ, the Savior from sin and the renewer of life. Yes, in your walk of life, beloved, you show the goodness and mercy of God, who has been so good and so merciful to you. When the Lord Jesus calls his disciples the light of the world, he, of course, distinguishes them from whatever is dark and evil. The church is to be very distinct from that which is around them. This is how Paul characterizes it in Philippians 2, verse 15. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked generation. Indeed, a Christian lifestyle still is the best advertisement for the light of the world. How come, therefore, that our advertisements appear so ineffective quite often? It's so unclear, so indistinct quite often. Some seem to be ashamed of showing a distinctly Christian lifestyle. Others appear to have a hard time of letting go of the darkness of this world, the lusts of the flesh. They rather listen to the voice of their hearts or the fads of their peers than to the word of Christ. Our life is a constant pursuit of decision making, of decisive moments. We are making choices all the time that is choices in what to wear and how in this lost ridden world what to see as worldly and what to see as what to show as honorable what to choose for the education of our children and where where to use our energies and how where to spend our money and why etc etc As I said, beloved, our life is a constant chain of decisive moments and decision-making challenges. And at every moment, you are a Christian. Every time again, you are put before the question, what choice do I make as disciple of Christ? Difficult? Well, it sure is. Hence, we must be in constant contact with the source of our energy, the source of the light through God's Holy Spirit and word. By prayer, through Jesus Christ, we ask our Heavenly Father, show me the way, O Lord. Lord, be my guide on my way of life. That's how you are, the light of the world. That's how you walk the way to the kingdom of heaven. And that's how you show that your heart is filled with the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.